This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 25th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. What explains the leftward swing in Latin American countries? Cato's Daniel Reisbeck says it's not monocausal. He details the cases of Chile, Peru, and most recently, Colombia. We're seeing sort of a leftward lurch in Latin America. Last year, Peru uh, moved left in their elections. In Chile, they elected a, a more a pretty radical uh, leftist as uh, president. And now, what has happened in Colombia? Well, in Colombia, exactly the same thing happens. Uh, they, elect, they elected, we elected. Um, for the first time, actually, in, in recent Colombian history, a uh, candidate who uh, was very close to Hugo Chavez when Chavez was alive, uh, his, the new president, his name is Gustavo Petro. Uh, he started his public life in a, a left-wing guerrilla group. <laughs> And, uh, well, he has all sorts of, of ideas about uh, expropriating private pension funds and ending all oil exploration, oil being the number one legal export, and, of course, printing money uh, without limits. So, right, I think it's a very dangerous time for Colombia. And, and we, should, we should note, of course, um, in uh, Venezuela, uh, longstanding sort of left-wing government that can, can just collapsed and is continuing to collapse year after year. Well, the, the interesting thing about Venezuela is that the economy definitely collapsed and they also caused a humanitarian disaster with millions of refugees uh, having to go to other countries, including Colombia, of course, which is right next door. But the government itself hasn't collapsed. Uh, they have actually been getting stronger and stronger. They were in a very weak position maybe some uh, three years ago. Uh, but right now, it doesn't look like there's any way to to have uh, any kind of change towards uh, towards a more moderate, reasonable uh, type of government in Venezuela. Okay, so the million dollar question: What is driving this shift in Latin America? When I think about Chile, I think of their sort of economic successes in in the eighties and nineties and uh you know their their revolutionary pension system and in in general uh an affinity and uh fealty for free markets and and you know the economic proof was in the pudding. So what what explains uh, across these various countries this shift leftward? Well I think the case of Chile is rather unique uh sui generis in, in the sense that as you say uh Chile was by far the most successful uh, economy in in Latin America, uh, and the problem there was that the current constitution, which is uh, very good in terms of property rights, for instance, was uh, approved under Pinochet under the dictatorship. So it has lacked some legitimacy. On the other hand, uh, there were several democratic governments, including um, social democratic governments, center left governments that reformed the constitution. So it's not the same constitution. Uh, but I think uh, there was uh, dissatisfaction and um, the typical malaise of uh, not realizing what you have until you lose it. <laughs> uh, and now they, they decided to, they had a referendum actually a few years ago to change the constitution, to go into a constitutional assembly. And now uh, they, they produced a new constitution, which is very left-wing in terms of not respecting property rights, uh, for example, and having all these positive rights. And now people are realizing it's such a bad idea that it looks like they're going to vote against it. 
Now, in other countries, I think uh, the situation is different because you haven't had the economic success that Chile has had. And um, Colombia, for example, has been a very mercantilist country, very protectionist, and you haven't had sufficient economic growth, I think, uh, in order for people to understand the, the benefits of, of free market reforms. Well, so so if we look at Venezuela as an example, this is a country that, by all rights, should have adopted some radical free market reforms recently. Well, they actually have, although maybe inadvertently. So Venezuela is now unofficially dollarized. Um, a few years ago, Nicolás Maduro, the, the tyrant in charge, uh, decided to to tolerate the use of the dollar. <laughs> And as a result, and this has been going on for several years, uh, the economy has, especially in, in the cities and, and close to the Colombian border, for example, the economy has become de facto dollarized. So this has served as a, as a mechanism of, of stability. And uh, things as a result, I think, are not quite as bad as they were a few years ago. What's the path back? And are there any, uh, any among these countries sort of beginning the process of understanding that, you know, making a moral defense on behalf of liberty is necessary and uh, important to actually get the consensus that they want in order to move in that direction? Well, again, I think it, it depends on the country. Uh, for example, Ecuador, they had a very left-wing uh, president, uh, Rafael Correa, in the in the 2000s, 2010s. Uh, he was also very close to Hugo Chavez, and he tried to pull off uh, similar policies. Uh, but the thing is that uh, Ecuador had been dollarized since around 2000, 2001. And uh, that prevented Correa, even though he tried to get rid of the dollar, but he couldn't. That prevented him from, uh, for example, destroying the currency, which is what these regimes usually do. And it helped to protect uh, people's uh, saving power and, and uh, spending uh, capacity. Uh, so in that case, you know, th there was a safeguard, which other countries, not, or not all countries have. For example, in Colombia, we don't have that and we're only entering this, this turbulence. So um, I guess my suggestion or my recommendation would be to have as many of these uh, protections against uh, socialism that you can before they arrive in power. All right. So which country do you believe is going to be making this uh, shift back to markets most quickly? Well, I think it's, it's difficult to predict. Uh, Ecuador, as a result of that, it's one of the only countries, in, at least in South America, that has a relatively pro-free market government after the last election. Uh, Uruguay also has done, has done rather well. Uh, the rest, uh, they look like um, they're not going in, in the right direction. Even Brazil, and uh, I'm not a very big fan of, of Bolsonaro, the current president, um, but it looks like Brazil is going to shift back to the left at the end of this year, according to the polls, and that uh, Lula da Silva will be back in power. So um, it's a pretty grim outlook, and unfortunately, people only learn after experiencing the economic hardship themselves. That's the big lesson from Colombia, because we saw everything that was happening in Venezuela during the last 10 or 15 years, and, and the country didn't learn. They chose the same path. Daniel Raceback is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Please subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.